in something like that. All right, good morning, good morning. Come on, y'all give a round of applause for those that are joining in with us online. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today and hope you're having a great day, man. It's Super Bowl Sunday, so I know y'all are getting prepared for the food and for the game. And, you know, I always look forward to the commercials, but the commercials really hadn't been that great the last few years. Like, they have been having some here and there that have been good, but usually the big thing about the Super Bowl is the commercials. And I know I look forward to them this year, but they hadn't been that great. So hopefully they redeem themselves this year with all the commercials. But man, we had a great time yesterday at our Freedom Retreat. And I'm telling you, if you missed out on it, I'm sorry you missed out on it. You're going to have to catch the next one. But we had a great, great time. Man, there was freedom in the house. But I just want to give a special shout out to our team. The team was on the field yesterday. I know the teams are playing today, but we had the New Life team on the field yesterday. And I just want to give a special shout out to our elders, Elder Joe, Elder Tony. I'll give a shout out to Dana, Ms. Shanavia, Rochelle, Tomorrow, Ms. Tawana. They were on the field yesterday and they showed out and man, we had a great time. I know lives were changed forever. Oh, she's watching online. She's done. She, was, she was, had her, her fill uh, yesterday. But man, we had a great time. Uh, the presence of God was in here so strong all day and I know lives were changed forever. And I'm so grateful and thankful for God and his presence for everyone that was free. How many of y'all that were there yesterday feel like, man, I feel a little freer than I was when I came? Amen. Amen, man. We had a great time. And like I said, if you missed it, I'm sorry that you missed it. You're just going to have to catch the next one. But uh, you have another opportunity to do that as well. And man, today we're in uh, week two of Fan the Flames, which we just started last week. And last week, if you missed it, we talked about this series is about fanning the flames in areas of our lives that are easily, uh, that can easily go cold. And we have to make sure that we're fanning the flames constantly, making sure that the fires are hot in these areas. And last week we talked about fanning the flames in our finances. <clears throat> and we saw that it was three things that God does in our, or he gives us the uh, ability to do in our finances. And the first thing is there's power in God's principle of the tithe. Then we give God the first fruits when we tithe our 10%. As soon as you get that check, bam, off the top, 10% of that gross is going to my tithe. There's power in God's principle of the tithe, and he blesses us with that. Also with love, that's our act of worship. When we, uh, when we give our offering, our giving to the Lord, that is an act of worship, an act of love, an act of worship. And we should do that with a generous heart, a cheerful heart. Amen. And the last thing he gives us is uh, no, uh, a spirit of, not a spirit of fear, but of, of power, love, and a sound mind or self-discipline, which is mean that we're prepared. That means we're prepared. Our, our giving, like it's not something that we just say, I'll give the God the last scraps. No, it's a prepared offering that I give unto the Lord. But not only that, I'm preparing for my future, preparing for savings, for retirement, for college, all those things. But you can go back and listen to it. But we fan the flame into our finances last week. This week, we're keeping the theme of the F's. Isn't that just like a pastor to keep the theme of the F's? So today we're talking about fanning the flames of family. Fanning the flames of family. Y'all say family. family. This is going to be a good topic today. And I know when, usually when we hear topics on family and marriage, the single people are like, oh, they don't have anything for me this week. 
Don't worry, we got something for you this week too. You're in the family as well. So don't fret. Everybody has an opportunity to receive this morning. Amen. But let's just open up in a word of prayer, and then we'll jump right in. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are in our lives. We thank you that you uh, give us access, that we could just tap into your presence at any time and we can feel you. That we know that you're with us in all that we do. And even if we ever doubt, Lord, I just cast out all doubt right now that would try to come against us to say that you're not with us. I pray even now that you would tangibly be in the room with us and speak clearly to our hearts, Lord God, a word today that could propel us into the future in our families. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we're talking about this morning, fanning the flames of the family. And man, family is one of the areas that could be the greatest thing or it could be terrible. And it could kind of be in between too. But a lot of family issues are things that plague us and usually that hurt us to the core the most, are usually things that stress us out the most. If we talk about finances, that definitely can stress you out. Your family can stress you out too. And so today we're going to talk about fanning the flames into our family. And the first area that we're going to fan the flames in, we're going to start off with this. We're going to fan the flames in our marriage. So this is for the married folk. So fan the flames in the marriage. And so, again, as always, all the notes are online. You can follow along there. So how do we fan the flames in our marriage? The first thing we have to do is we build closeness. We build closeness. It's our responsibility to lay the foundation of closeness in our marriage. It's no one else's responsibility to build closeness in your marriage but you and your spouse. If you feel like there's a distance, then you have to ask yourself, what are we doing or not doing that's causing us not to be close. We have to make sure that, man, I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that I'm building closeness with my spouse. And you got to think about it this way. If you get to the point where you feel like we're not as close as we used to be, it's just so distant, it's, that spark is not there, then I want you to go back to the beginning. Because at the beginning, obviously, it was something that both of you made the decision that this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. You got to the point where you're like, I can't spend, I, I can't live another second without this person. You were falling asleep on the phone that night. You sleep, nope, I'm, I'm still up, knowing you sleep. Y'all were doing, standing on the phone all late, doing all those things, going on dates, couldn't, you tired, but couldn't wait to see each other. So obviously it was something at the beginning that caused you to say, this is a great idea for us to get married. So you have to fan the flames of the things that attracted you in the first place. But things happen over time in marriages. We know jobs and life and kids and all those things come into the mix that you could get to the point where you feel like, well, there's not, we're not as close as we used to be. But the thing is, you have to fan the flames in your marriage and build closeness. You have to be intentional with being close. You can't just say, well, we live in the same house, so we're close. Not necessarily. You have to be, and the married folk laughing because they know what I'm talking about. It's like you have to be intentional about being close and building closeness. Because this is what we don't want to do in marriages. We don't want to live separate lives. Because when you live in separate lives, pretty much what you're just saying is we're roommates. we just roommates. we just cohabitating, sharing in the same space, but we're not doing anything together. But Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, it says, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. The two are united 
into one, meaning that we're not living separate lives, meaning that we were at one point when we were single, we were living separate lives, but now that we're together, guess what? We're one. We do everything together. And y'all say, oh, that's too much time. You need to build a little bit more closeness. I know tomorrow now we work together, we do everything together. It's like I turn my back, she's right there. She turned her back, guess what? I'm right there too. And it's like, but it's never to the point where it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, I wish she would just go somewhere. She Or she's not like, why is he still here? But we've learned how to work together and build a closeness that we say, you know what? I want to be with my spouse. That's my spouse is my best friend. I would rather do life. I can't see myself doing life without anyone but her. But that's because we've been intentional about being close. You have to be intentional about being close. And some of the things that help you build closeness, like, so, okay, you talk about building closeness. So what does that actually mean? A great way to build closeness is to don't rob your spouse of your thoughts and feelings. Don't rob your spouse of your thoughts and feelings. And I know for men, I'm speaking for experience, so don't throw stones at me. It could be difficult for us to share our thoughts and our feelings. Can the wives say amen? I thought the wives was going to say amen, but I didn't hear nothing. Y'all silent. But for men, it could be sometimes, not for all men, but some men, some men, they have no problem sharing their feelings. Oh, here, let me let you know what's going on. Let me share with you, dear. And like, Bravo to you, but for some of us, it's a little bit difficult. And it's something that I know I've personally had to work on. And I know Tamara can, t can testify to that when we first got married, it was like pulling, what is it, pulling teeth with, how does the saying go? Pulling teeth with the nails, something. You know what I'm talking about, it was hard. <laughs> it was difficult is what I'm saying. Uh, it was difficult for me to really express how I really felt. I knew I was feeling something, but I just didn't know how to say it. And so instead of saying it, I would just be like, I'm all right. Because it's easier to say I'm all right than try to come up with the words to express how I feel because I don't know how to express how I feel. And all the men know what I'm talking about because I see them shaking their head, yes. <laughs> but for women, it can be a little bit easier to communicate thoughts and feelings. And, and I know for tomorrow, it's easy for her to do that. And she would express and tell me how she feel. And, and, she was, and I was like, that is awesome. And she was like, so how do you feel? I'm like, I feel the same. I, I feel the same. I, I concur. Yep, yep, I agree. And she's like, yeah, but, but what else? I was like, I mean, you said it all. I don't really know what else to, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. You said it all. I agree. And she was like, but I need a little bit more than that. It's like, well, I don't know what to give you. <laughs> because you, I mean, I just said you said it all. So what else is there for me to say? And it was like, for her, it was very frustrating because I want you to say more. I want you to express to me more because that's what women desire, especially your, from your spouse, from your husband. And for her, I realized that I was robbing her of my thoughts and my feelings and that it was not necessarily driving a wedge in our relationship, but we weren't as close as we could be because I wasn't sharing. And I remember when we were going through marriage counseling uh, with Pastor Wayne and uh, Cece, they told us, Mario, you're going to have to talk. I said, I'm going to work on it. And I've been working on it for 10 years. <laughs> but I finally feel like I'm in a place now where I feel like if there is something, huh? She said, we got some breakthrough. I feel like now, almost in 11 years that I've, and I'm like, maybe it's just some for you may get it quick. For me, I was a slow learner. But now I feel like I'm in a place that if there is something going on, I can sit down and talk to her and say, this is how I'm feeling. Or these are my thoughts. And I can freely communicate those things now, but 
naturally, it didn't come easy to me. It was something I had to work on. And I know you can't use that as an excuse, husband. Don't throw stones at me and say, well, I just don't know how to. You got to figure out some words to say. You, gotta, <laughs> you just got to practice. You can't just sit there and just stare and say, well, man, I just don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that is not a way to build closeness with your spouse. Man. Well, you just, I mean, you're just going to have to figure it out. I don't know because I don't know what to tell you. What do you want me to say? That's the worst thing. Well, what do you want me to say? I want you to say what you feel. <laughs> That's what she wants. But build closeness. We got to work on that. Amen? Amen? And so what else? How else do we build closeness? How, so we, we don't rob our spouse of our thoughts and our feelings. Another thing we do is go on dates. You did that at the beginning. Obviously, you couldn't wait to go out to eat or to the movies or whatever that you did at the beginning. You couldn't wait to see each other. Oh, let's go to this new place. Or I heard about this restaurant. Let's go try it out. And you did all these things. You went on dates. But then when the rings come on, it's like, well, we don't have to do all that anymore. All the work is done. It's like, no, you got to continue to keep on dating each other to build that closeness. Also, flirt with each other. Uh, Show affection. And if you have kids, show affection in front of the kids. They need to see that. They need to see mom and dad showing closeness and, and, and with each other because when they see that, they might go, ew, but they like it. <laughs> Stop doing that. And then, but then they'll watch the Hallmark movies and they'll say, I like when they kiss. That, that's my favorite part. But they need to see the closeness. They need to see that, but you have to show affection with one another. And that should be something that's common in the household, not, wait a minute, what? Something happened. Why daddy being nice to mommy? He ain't never nice to mommy. He must have messed up. And it's like, that, it, that, shouldn't, that shouldn't be the case. It should always be where they see affection because that builds closeness. Also, how else you build closeness? Have inside jokes. Have inside jokes that only y'all two know about. Know about. We have all types of inside jokes. And <laughs> one of the things that I think I shared this before, one of the things we love to do is go places and see other people that remind us of somebody else. So like we'll go somewhere and we'll be like, you didn't know LeBron James was gonna be here. And then she'll look and I'll be like, ah, that does look like LeBron James and stuff like that. So, or we'll see somebody that we know and then I'll like say if it's, I don't know, Will. I'll be like, hey, Will. And then I'll turn around and run because I know she doesn't want to talk to him but I'm trying to get her attention so she can have to talk to him. And so that's funny because she's like, I don't want to talk. I was like, oh, you don't want to talk to Susie. Hey, Susie. And then, <laughs> and then I'll run the other way and now she's got to talk to Susie. But just silly stuff like that. I remember uh, all the time I send her videos, just random videos that make, that make no sense at all. Like I'll say something, and then I'll say, well, now let me translate it in Spanish. And then I'll speak Spanish, but I don't know how to speak Spanish. So it makes no sense, but it's funny. And it's like just doing silly things like that, having fun with each other, it builds closeness. So just, and that's the thing I, I think is the, really the key to, uh, to build closer is have fun. Don't take life too serious. Don't take each other, don't take yourself too serious. It's like have fun with each other because remember at the beginning, it was something that attracted you to each other that said this is a good thing. Go back to that to build the closeness. Another thing that builds closeness is this, praying together. It's hard to fight when you're praying together. Well, let's pray. Well, oh, Okay. And that quiets the storm. They say, you know what? Let's bring this to the Lord. Or before we leave the house for today to go to work, let's just pray. Or before we go to bed at night, let's just pray. 
And when you pray together, that builds closeness because when you pray, guess what you're doing? You're communicating whatever it is you're praying about. You're communicating your heart to God. And guess who sees that? Your spouse. And they say, oh, I didn't know that was something that you were praying about or you were dealing with. Or it could be something that you're agreeing to believe God with together. And then God answers that prayer. Guess what? Now you can talk about it. You remember that time we were praying and believing God for this and he answered? Guess what that does? It builds closeness. And you can begin to pray with each other to build that closeness in your marriage. So those are a few ways that you fan the flames in your marriage to make sure that, the, that, that it does not grow cold. Because I know for me and tomorrow, one of the things that we're passionate about is singles, and we're passionate about marriages. We want people to have healthy marriages because healthy marriages are great for everybody else around you. Miserable marriages are miserable for everybody around you. <laughs> you make everybody else's life miserable. You ever been around a bitter couple before? Ooh, boy. And if that's you, this is to help you build some closeness. Pray together. Go on some dates. Do all those things. Flirt with each other. What you flirting with me for? What's wrong? You spent some money you were supposed to spend? And it's like, no, no, no. Build some closeness. It's, you shouldn't be suspicious when your spouse flirting with you. That should be common. Amen? Amen? So fan the flames until your marriage. Second area that we fan the flames with, with our family, talking about family this morning. Fan the flames with your children. Fan the flames with your children. There's no, just like with your spouse, the same thing goes with your children. You can't fan the flames with your spouse or your children without spending face-to-face -to -face time together. Face-to-face, -to -face, undivided time together. That means no distractions, no cell phones, no television, no electronics, nothing. It's just we're going to spend some face-to-face -face time with each other. And if it's one thing that I know that children need is face-to-face -face time with their parents. And if they don't get it, they're going to let you know. Because you're going to be like, why is little Johnny bugging me so much? Because he wants your attention. Why are they aggravating me right now? Because they want your attention. Mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, daddy. Wait, I'm trying to do something. Mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. And it's like, oh my gosh, what, what do you want? They want your attention. <laughs> they want you to say, whatever you're doing can wait. Please focus in on me. And sometimes they may not have the words to communicate that, but what they're saying when they're being annoying is, I need some time with you, face-to-face -face time with you. And children will let you know if you're not spending enough time with them, because we have a daughter, and she will let us know. And it was funny when I was prepared. She didn't know I was uh, uh, interviewing her for this, but I was just asking her some things the other day in my office. I was like, Camden, what do you like about being in the family? And she was like, I like that you have someone that can care for you. Someone's always there to care for you. I was like, okay. I was like, what would you like to do more in your family? And she said, uh, well, I don't know. I feel like we do everything together. I was like, but there's got to be something that you want to do more. She's like, maybe just go on more trips or something like that, vacations. I was like, okay. I was like, so what else do you like about being with, with a family? She's like, I love that we get to play games together and we get to do things together. And everything that she said was about spending time together. It was nothing about, I, I love that we have all these electronics that you've given me. And because in the family, that's what I get. It's like everything that she said was about spending time together. And kids, what they need is for us as parents to spend time with them. Um, our for former pastor of our church back home at Bethany or was Pastor Larry Stockstill. He had six kids. And the church the size of Bethany 
which was about 10,000. He is a very busy man. Lots of meetings, lots of appointments, trying to run the church. Like he was very busy. And on top of that, he's got six kids. And he said that he realized he came to a point where he was like, how in the world am I going to spend quality time with all these six kids? Because all of them want my attention. And so he came up with a system. He said when he came home from work or from the church, what he would do is he would give each child 15 minutes of uninterrupted time. Each child, and obviously that takes a lot of intention and that takes some time to plan out. I'm gonna spend 15 minutes with each child undivided attention. And he said, and also I would, whatever their favorite hobby was, I would get involved with that. And whatever they would like to do, I, even if I didn't like to do it, I would do it because I know that's what they like to do. And he would spend that time with them. And he said, sure enough, it never fell. He would spend about five, 10 minutes with them. They may not say much, but then something will change. And they say, well, something did happen at school today. And he said, the little tears will start coming down their face and they'll begin to share what's in their heart. But he was like, it was in those moments that he built closeness with his children. And still to this day, he does the same thing. Well, maybe not now because they don't live with them, but he still gets involved in their lives with their hobbies and the things that they do because he wants to spend time with his children. And I just, always, that always stuck with me. Man, 15 minutes of undivided time with your child will change their life. Some, and believe it or not, sometimes if kids uh, have behavioral issues, it's usually one of two things. One, they don't get enough sleep, or two, they don't give enough face-to-face -face time. And one, now, tomorrow and I, we don't claim to be uh, uh, was, was, uh, super parents, or we parents experts, but one thing we know we got right with Camden was her sleep routine. Since age of seven months, she's been sleeping on her own. And that's the, most, that's the thing we're the most proud about. Yes, she knows how to go to sleep. <laughs> she knows during the week, eight o'clock is bedtime. And, and usually, if she's real tired, she'll come to us and say, I'm a little tired, can I go to sleep now? Like last night, she was tired. She'd say, yeah, I'm, I'm actually a little tired. Can I go to, oh sure, go ahead. Go, go, go ahead. But kids need face-to-face -face time and they need routine. That's what kids need. They need a solid routine because if things are always chaotic and there's no routine, there's no rest. Because think about it in your personal life. If you don't have routine and you, everything's chaos to you, there's no peace, there's no rest. How do you think a little kid feels when there's no routine and there, there's no peace? They don't know how to communicate that. So they lash out. They act out. They do things because they don't, there's nothing is normal. But when things are stable and there's normal, normalcy, what it does is it brings everything back into alignment. So with, with kids, we fan the flames by face-to-face -face, uh, face -face time with them and also by having routines, mostly like a bedtime routine, a dinner time routine. Like kids, it, things throughout the week should be planned out like they know on this day we do this, this day we do that, this day we do this. Every Friday when we pick up Camden from school, she knows, oh, it's family, it's Friday, it's family night. So what movie are we watching tonight or what are we eating tonight? Like as soon as we pick up, not even, hey, how you doing? It's family night. <laughs> yes, it's family night, Camden. So what, so what are we, and she knows it's family night every Friday. As soon as we pick her up, there's, there's no doubt in her mind. She knows because we built a routine. And when you build routines, kid looks, it gives them an opportunity to look forward to something. You know, if you tell them, I'm going to take you to McDonald's tomorrow, 
You know what they're going to ask you a million times? Is it time to go to McDonald's yet? Can you, can you, why? Because you're giving them something to look forward to. And you're building an expectation in them, but they need that. They need sleep routines, uh, bedtime routines, all those things. Routines, routines, the more routines. And I'm just, like, that's a lot of work. But you're fanning in the flames with your children. You're building solid relationships with your children. Amen? Also, have traditions. Make birthdays, holidays, and accomplishments a big deal, especially accomplishments. Like, as a family, celebrate the big wins. If they do something great in school, man, celebrate them big time. Put the little thing on the refrigerator. Look, there it is right there. Celebrate them big time and let them know that you care about them just by spending time with them. That's the biggest thing, I believe, with kids. Spend time with them. Spend time with them because we just had the Freedom Weekend, and obviously when you get older, you can see from your childhood the, the attention and the things that you lack, how it affects you even at your adult age. We want to reverse that trend with our children and say, you know what, maybe I would, didn't have this in my life, but guess what? I'm going to make sure you're going to have quality time. You're going to have the face-to-face -face time while you're in my house. Amen? So we talked about the marriages, fanning the flame in marriage, fanning the flame with uh, children, and now we're going to fan the flames for singleness. Okay. Fan the flame for singleness. And this is the first thing I want to say about singleness. Singleness is not loneliness. Singleness is not loneliness. Does that mean that you won't have moments of loneliness? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there should be moments, not spaces that you live in. Because some people feel like, oh, I'm single, so I'm lonely, and you just stay in a state of loneliness. No, that is not healthy. I'm telling you, yeah, you say, well, you're married now. That's easy for you to say. I've been single longer than I've been married. And I still remember the sting of singleness. But when I was single, let me tell you, we had fun. We hung out. We played spades. We did all. I'm telling you, when I was single, I was like, I'm not worried about. I was like, well, yes, of course, I wanted to be married. But I was like, I'm not going to focus so much on being married that I miss out and, and not have fun in my singleness. Because the one thing you have in your singleness is you have your own time. You can do what you want to do. You don't have to, well, let me check with the spouse to see if it's okay. You can just do what you want to do. You're single. You have time to do whatever you want to do. And let me tell you, I did whatever I wanted to do. I had fun. I left no stone unturned. I, I'm telling you, I had fun. And I'm talking about in my saved years, too. I'm not talking about the wild days. I'm talking about the saved days. Like, we had a big youth group and young adults group, so we hung out all the time. When I say all the time, I mean all the time. Somebody always has something going on, and we always hung out, and we had fun. But when you're single, you can focus so much on not being with someone and loneliness that you can live in that state. I remember Tamara was telling me about a, uh, someone that she hadn't seen in a while, and she walked up to her. She said, oh, my gosh, it's so good to see you. How you been? I'm still single. <laughs> so out of all the things you could say, that's the first thing that comes out of your mouth. So that lets you know what the state of her mind is and where she's living. I'm still single. Were you defeated? Who's going to, think about this. If you're defeated, who's going to, how, who are you going to attract being all sour and defeated? Well, I'm still single. I'm still waiting for my Boaz. I'm still waiting on my, my Sarah. I'm still waiting on my Rachel. Well, why don't you have some fun and put a smile on your face? Maybe you attract them. <laughs> but if you're just in a state of just, I just, 
The Lord just hadn't sent my person yet. I'm just waiting on the Lord to make it happen. Why don't you get some joy? Why don't you get some friends and hang out and have some fun and say, then at the time when the Lord sent them, then send them my way. But until then, guess what? I'm going to have some fun. I refuse to stay in the house and be depressed and, well, I guess I'll watch another movie. Let's see what, they, what love story they're going to change on Lifetime today because they all the same anyway. And you just sit there and you just do your same routine and you always, well, I just wish I had somebody to talk to. Well, you would if you went out and made some friends. But you just want to be stuck in a state of, well, I'm just single. Everybody else around me is having fun, but I just, I just don't know about me. So how do you fan in the flames of your singleness? The first thing you do is fan the flames with your natural family. Let's start there. Fan the flames with your natural family. Work on and focus on building strong relationships with your natural family. Where you say, well, my relationships were great, but they can be greater. Well, my relationships with my natural family is bad. Well, obviously, this is an opportunity for you to fan the flames to make those relationships even better. And God gives us the ability, as a, especially as believers, we should want to make sure. Now, I'm not saying that if you should be with, if someone is in a relationship or with your family that's abusive or like stuff like that, I'm not saying that. Obviously, we don't want to put too much stock into that, but what I am saying is this, is that we should make a focus to make sure that at least we're cordial. At least I can say hello without, hey, what you doing? How you doing? And, and just walking away is like, but at least we should be cordial and have a conversation where I can genuinely say, hey, how are you doing? And you get a response back. Because as believers, we're the ones that carry the thermostat. Everywhere that we go, we, we're the ones that carry the joy. We're the ones that bring life. When we walk into the room, things should change. And that's not a, that's not a, um, um, a uh, arrogance. That's not uh, pride. That's just I know that who lives on the inside of me. And because I know the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me, guess what? I'm going to be a conduit for change. If things are wrong in my family, guess what? God, I'm believing God's going to use me through my prayers and through my acts of service and love to build relationships with my natural family. If you say, well, I don't know what to do in my singleness, build strong relationships and work at that with your natural family. Have strong relationships with your natural family. Also, how do you build the flames in your singleness as well? Build the flames with your, ch with your church family. Build the fan the flames with your church family. Man, yesterday Rochelle preached a phenomenal message on community. One of the best ones I've ever heard on community. And God has placed you, all of us, in a natural family. But the thing is, you don't get to choose who your natural family is. You're born into that. But your church family, you get to decide who you want your church family to be. And once you decide who you want your church family to be and your local church, what that is, guess what? Fan the flames into building the relationships with those around you in the church. You know what Jesus did? Jesus had a family that he was born into, but he also started a new family as well. So he had his natural family, and then he started a new family. And we're going to read about it in Mark chapter 3, verse 31 through 35. He says, Then Jesus' mother and brother came to him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk to them. So his mother came and his brothers came to see him. They're standing outside and saying, hey, send word, tell Jesus to come talk to us. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? 
Then he looked around at those around him and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. So what Jesus was saying is, these is this is my family. Anyone that's doing the will of the Father, guess what? These are my brothers. These are my sisters. This is my mother. I have a new family as well. <clears throat> and what he was doing was fanning the flames into his spiritual family. And I'm telling you, there's a power when you fan the flame into your spiritual family. When you make solid connections in the local church, I'm telling you, it could change your life. Because what it does is it helps you stay focused and pursuing the Lord. Because once you get isolated, especially in your singleness, and you start doing your own thing and not being in the community, guess what? You're easy prey for the enemy. You're easy. Oh, it's like shooting uh, fish, in, uh, fish, in fish in a barrel or shooting fish in a barrel. How you want to say it? I can't get my sayings all mixed up this morning. But the point is, is that when you isolate yourself, you're easy prey. It's like that lion in the, in the, in the, uh, in the Sahara is like, oh, I'm about to get this wildebeest. <laughs> they ain't got no chance. They all by themselves look at them over there drinking some water, thinking that it's all peaceful, not knowing that there's an enemy out there prowling about to attack them. That's you when you live outside of community. That's me if I live outside of community. That's any of us if we live outside of community. But Jesus was saying that, his family was not based on physical attributes, or meaning that it's not based on being in a natural family, that you can make the church family your, your, your new family. And not to say that that's taking the place of your natural family. It's just saying that, hey, I also have a church family and a family of believers that believe in me, that pray with me as well. Ephesians chapter 4, verse, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16, it says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us, he united Jews and Gentiles unto one people when in his own body on the cross. He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law that is in its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. One new people from two groups. That's a great depiction of how the church is. We're several people coming together to make one group. We come from all different backgrounds, all different ages, all different walks of life. But guess what? When we have Christ inside of us, we become one group. We become one people. Amen? Together, verse 16, together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. What's going on in the world? All types of hostility. All types of hostility. But when we come and be reconciled with Christ, guess what? All hostility inside the church, it should die. Meaning that when we recognize that Christ saved you just like he saved me, guess what? We're united together because we're brothers in Christ. We're sisters in Christ. And the hostility of sin that would separate us on the outside, guess what? On the inside, we could come find commonality. We could come together and we could say, you know what? We may not have the same background, but we have the same Christ, and we're brothers and sisters, and I want to walk with you. I want to do life with you. But the thing is, if you don't focus on that, if you don't put that as a priority of fan the flames in that, when you're singleness, then you always say, there's nobody around. Nobody understands me. I don't have anyone to talk to. What are you pursuing? And we're going to get more to that in a second. But verse 19, it says, and so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners, 
You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We are all members of God's family when we, call, when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now we're into God's family, a new family, an opportunity to build other in close relationships because Christ, he is the cornerstone of this new family. And here at New Life, this is our mission statement. We're united by truth, which is the word of God, and we're developed in relationships, meaning that we work and focus on building relationships with each other inside the church. So that's why we have Freedom Weekends. That's why we have game nights. That's why we have small groups. That's why we have prayer nights. That's why we have Sunday services and all the things that we do, because all we're trying to do is build community for family. To say, if you want to be a part of God's family, come be a part of our family. And when you build closeness and you build genuine relationships and you spend time with people, you realize that, you know what? They really do care about me. They're not just saying it. They, I, I actually believe and I know that they care about me. And I'm telling you, that can change your life. But there's something you have to fan the flames into. Because when we come into God's family, guess what? We have a lot in common. We have a common savior. We have a com common values. We have common mission. We have common hope. We all know where our hope is. It's in heaven. And we have a common forever. All those things play a part in us being in God's family. So how else do we fan the flames into our church family? The first thing is we pursue the family. We pursue the family. What is it? We start a conversation. Maybe there's somebody that you say, I've seen them at church a while. I don't really know them. Why don't you start a conversation with them and see how they do? Hey, I, I've seen you around. Uh, how, how are you doing? What I love about this church, anytime someone walks through those doors for the first time, guess what? They're going to get a conversation from multiple people, not just one. They, you're going you're to receive a conversation. Somebody's going to greet you. Somebody's going to smile at you. And you're probably going to get some hugs. And if you're not a hugger, it's okay. We love you anyway. But the point is, is that there is going to be a conversation. I'm looking at a lot of faces in here, and I remember some of y'all's first times here, and y'all probably like, whoa, why are these people coming to greet me? Because we want to show you that, hey, we love you here, that you're welcome here, that this isn't a place of strangers where you just be a number. Like, no, we care about you. And what is that? You have to pursue the family. Start a conversation. Also, how do you pursue the family? Open up your home. Invite people over. Say, hey, I want to cook a meal for you. Why don't you come over to my house and hang out? Why don't y'all come over and let's, let's watch the Super Bowl together? Why don't you come over and let's, let's cook a meal or play a game night or something like that? We just invite someone over and also do something together. Hey, guess what? Uh, I'm trying to think of something. Um, when Christmas time, let's go to Bell and Graf Gardens and look at the, the lights and all that. I don't know. Do something. Go to a C.C. Winans concert because I know some ladies did that. Do, do something, have some fun. Do, just say, we're gonna do something together and just make plans to do that. Also, accept the family. What does that mean? That means, you know, sometimes you meet people and you're like, well, they got a little cork about them. I don't know if I really can see myself hanging out with them. Well, everybody's got corks. There's no perfect people. If you're just waiting on the perfect friend, you're gonna be waiting a long time. You're going to be waiting a mighty long time waiting for a person. Well, I'm just the kind of person that don't need friends. Well, God didn't create us to be that way. God created us to be in relationship. That's why he created us, to be, first of all, to be in relationship with him, but then to be in relationship with others. And I've, 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 I've been around a while, 
And I'm telling you this, this is what I know for a fact. Those that are in community and hang out and have friends with other believers usually are more stronger believers than those that are not. Why? Because when it says two are better than one. Meaning that if I'm going down, guess what? I have someone that I can call on that can be there, that can encourage me, that can pray with me. But if you isolate it and you don't have friends in your time of need, what are you going to feel? The enemy coming and attack you with loneliness, with depression, with sadness, with grief, with all those things. Because you isolated yourself and you hadn't pursued relationships or accepted anyone to be your friend or accepted anyone to be your family. But we have to get past that and say, you know what? I'm going to make this, this year, if I don't have a, a church family watching online, come join us. You, could just, you don't have to make it to church. Just say, I'm just going to try it out. I just want to see what it's like to be there. Just come try it out. Also, the last thing, how do we fan in the flames? We be the family. We carry one another's burdens. We carry one another's burdens. The saddest thing for me is people that go to church but then walk through things, but they never tell someone that they walk it through something. And then when they walk through something, they get mad because nobody reached out to them. Well, see, I went to that church, but nobody ever came to talk to me. But did you tell somebody? Are you in relationship with somebody that somebody would know? Or are you just doing your own thing? And when you do your own thing, and isn't it funny how the enemy would try to use that? See, you go to that church, and nobody even cares about you. But are you pursuing relationship? Do people know your name? Do they know how to get in touch with you? To let, so you can, or do you have someone else's number that you can call and say, hey, can you please pray with me? I'm going through this. And when you're a part of the family, we share with those in need. We carry each other's burdens, and we pray for one another. Like, like yesterday, we watched a video, two ladies in the church that were like, one, she was going through some pain, and she call, I called my friend, and she was like, you know what? I'm on my way. And she prayed with her, and she encouraged her, and guess what? That you could tell, like, this is a bond. They're, they, like, they're really friends. But that's the type of relationships we should have with our church family, where it's like, you know what? I know it's late, but I really need somebody to pray with me right now because I'm going through something difficult. And guess what? Somebody will be on the other side of the phone and say, girl, it's late. I don't know what's going on, but what you need? And you're right there. Are you like, man, say, bro, I don't really know how to, because this guy says, I don't know how to, I just, I just need to talk. Can we just meet up somewhere and just talk? Sure, let's do that. We can meet up and talk. Let's, what you doing for lunch tomorrow? Let's meet up somewhere at a coffee spot and just talk. But you have to pursue the family of God. You have to act, uh, accept, and you have to be a part of the family of God. And that, that, that's if you're married or you're single. Mostly, it's important if you're single. You really need to tap into community because I'm telling you, when you isolate yourself and you, you give yourself prey to the enemy, and God has not created us to live life alone. He did not create us to be lonely. He called us to be in relationship with one another. Amen? Amen. So we're going to fan the flames in our marriage, fan the flame with our children, and fan the flame in our singleness. Amen? Amen. And one thing for the married people, I forgot about this, Valentine's Day is in two days. Don't forget about that. That's another way to fan the flames. I had that in my notes. I just forgot to say it. Don't forget, fellas, don't be in there last minute, and the only thing you have left is the little kids' cars with a pack of 30, because that's the only thing that's left on the shelves. <laughs> Will you be my Valentine? <laughs> don't forget, fan the flames, amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word today. We thank you for your joy. 
Lord, we thank you for your joy that we can come together, Lord God, and we can learn and we can grow together, but we can also have fun together. And I thank you for your joy, Lord God, that your joy, it brings refreshing, that your joy, it brings peace, it brings comfort, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, as we fan the flames in our family, as we fan the flames in our marriage with our children, and even in our singleness, Lord God, that ultimately what it does is it draws us closer in relationship with each other and with you. And I thank you right now that you're doing the work in our hearts, that you're putting that as a priority in our marriages with our children, Lord God, and in our singleness to pursue relationships. And I thank you for the word. Let it fall on good ground. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, man. That was fan the flames in the family. And for you watching online, uh, we want to give you an invitation to receive Christ. You in the room as well. If there's anyone in here, I'm going to ask everyone to bow their head and close their eyes if you know you've separated from God or you're not in right relationship with God. As I mentioned before, Christ's ultimate desire is for us to be in relationship with him. He desires nothing more than to be in one-on-one -on -one relationship with you. You say, well, why me? Because he, will pay, he paid the ultimate price, a sinner's death, a criminal's death. He paid that just for you because he loves you that much and he wants to be in relationship with you. And so I want to give you an opportunity this morning, if you're in the room or you're watching online, to come into a relationship with Christ. It will be the most fulfilling and the most important relationship that you will ever have. Even more important than the person that you marry, because this relationship will be the determining factor of where you spend eternity, in heaven or in hell. I would say that's the biggest decision you would have to make and the most important relationship that you should have in your life. So I want to give you an opportunity this morning, if you're in the room or you watching online, if you want to come into right relationship with Christ, you're away from him, uh, you were following him at one point, maybe you strayed away, but you want to come back. If that's you, with no one looking around, just lift your hand and I want to pray with you. I want to agree with you this morning. Amen. I'm asking everyone just to place their hand over their heart. We're going to pray a prayer. I want everybody just to repeat this prayer after me. We're going to say it together. Lord God, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I thank you for that gift, the free gift of life that is you. And I received that gift this morning. And I leave down at your altar, at the foot of the cross, my sin. I repent of my sin. I turn away from my sin this morning to follow you, to pursue you, to be in right relationship with you. Lead me, guide me, speak to me as I pursue you all the days of my life. I love you, Lord. I thank you for forgiving me of my sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all. Let's give all the hand clap of praise this morning. And if you're watching online and you prayed that prayer, uh, just let us know in the comment section that you've made that decision. we love to follow up with you and pray with you about anything uh, that you may need prayer for uh, in your life. And we'd love to connect with you as well. And if you're in a room and prayed that prayer and the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, uh, I made a decision. Fill that out in offering time. You could drop it in the bucket, and we would love to connect with you as well. Amen. Amen. Well, before we disconnect with you guys from online, we want to give you an uh, opportunity to give. There's a couple ways you could do that on our app. You could download the app. You could give that way. You could go to our 
website, which is newlifechurchofmobile.org. You can give on our homepage. There's a give online tab there. Or you can mail in a check or money order. But we're going to pray for the tithe and you guys and offerings, and you guys are dismissed online. But also, I want to encourage you, this Wednesday at 630, we have one-hour prayer. You guys are invited to that as well. We'll be in the building. We're going to pray. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to worship together. It's going to be a great time. Uh, this Wednesday, 630, you guys are invited to prayer. But we're going to pray for the offering today, and then you guys are dismissed online. Lord, I thank you for everything that's coming in today. I pray that you bless your people. I pray that, Lord God, that we give you our first fruits, Lord God, the very best of what we have, and that we're cheerful and generous givers that when we give. And I thank you, Lord God, for a blessing to overflow every portion of our lives as we give today, Lord God. Let you bless every area of our life and bless the the tithe and offering as it comes in, Lord God, to build the kingdom of God. And I thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys again for tuning in online with us. You're encouraged to join us here every Sunday. We're here at 10 o'clock a.m. Church service starts here. Come join with us. Be a part of worship. Man, bring someone. If you if you hadn't been here, but you've been thinking about it, you've been watching online a while, but you want to try it out, man, bring a friend with you. Y'all come together and see how it is. We would love to see you in the building Sundays at 10 a.m. and also at prayer for Wednesdays at 630. But we love you guys. Have a great, great Sunday. Have a great day. We'll see you later.